hear me today. All right. Praise God. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. All right. Hey. Well, it is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, praise God, a lot of people see that as the kickoff to summer, and we get that, and lots of our church members are out traveling and having a good time kicking summer off today, but we always want to remember the real meaning of Memorial Day, and we are uh, recognizing and honoring those that made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives for our country and our freedom. We don't ever want to forget that. Am I right this morning? Amen. All right, praise God. God. Well, uh, we are very excited. We've got Ray and Janine Bench with us today. Yeah. All the way from Midland, Michigan. And we have had a great weekend already. Uh, but today, uh, they're going to be here uh, this morning with us preaching and tonight also. So uh, we're going to take advantage of both services today. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. Amen. Well, let's stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing and declaring that this nation is coming to Jesus us. Amen. All right. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice high five, handshake, fist bump. A lot of people like hugs, so don't rule that out. Amen. Make sure everybody gets some love today. Let's go.
benches are here, mention them like 900 times before we actually introduce them. But can we just say, we love them. And they have made such, they have made such an investment into our church family. It's so nice to know that they've been called to us. And so prepare your hearts and your ears this morning. Get your electronics ready to like hide them. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Anyway, um, we have had a wonderful time with all of you this last week. Pastor and Miss P haven't been with us because they are in Florida at a grandkids graduation. So they love you and they're coming back soon. Don't feel sad. They just went away for a minute. And we have a video for you that we want to share of the family picnic at the park. Lift family life. So, and if you haven't experienced any of our lift groups yet, it's living in faith together 
together. You know, it lifts you up kind of thing. So we have all these groups that are designed so that throughout the week and throughout the month that you don't have to be alone in all this fun you're having in life, okay? So it is designed for us to connect and to come together and to build each other up and to develop godly friendships for you. Because sometimes when you leave your previous life and to live for the Lord, it gets lonely. But you don't have to be lonely. See all these people? They love hugs and they love you. Praise God. Okay, well, let's... As Pastor Dave says, roll that beautiful bean footage. Understanding of why all of that drone footage, our production team has all these friends who do production things. And so when we have a lift group event, it's time for them to teach each other how to use the drone. So we were playing volleyball, soccer at the same time. And Alex's friends, uh, Santos, we love you. We so appreciate you. Um, we're out there zooming in and zooming out and it was just so much fun it's fun it gets to be real life in god's way and it's just so much fun it's just so much fun okay so speaking of real life the honduras trip is coming up our missions trip to honduras is coming and so there is no shortage of opportunities for you to sow into that but the missions team has gotten pretty creative with it and there will be root beer floats before you leave so just make sure that as you leave, you can smell the root beer and see all the kids dripping with ice cream. And you think, I'm going to sew into Honduras, okay? So as you leave today, enjoy a root beer float. We do have service tonight at 6 o'clock, and the benches will be here again. Okay, praise God. Um, and if you haven't, again, lift group wise, if you have not participated and connected in that way, we have two awesome things that are going on really regularly. Um, and there's monthly too, but the super regular ones every Saturday at 7am, we're meeting at victory hall for lift health, his way. And we're learning what the word of God has to say about what we're putting into our bodies and what we're doing with our bodies. And then we walk one mile around the church property. So, okay. So it's like, four laps. It's fine. And some of us are walking and, you know, some of the teenagers and the young adults are lapping us in runs and 
it's fine, okay? You won't be alone. It'll be a good time. 7 a.m. on Saturdays. And if you would like to participate in anything that we're talking about, stop at the info booth before you leave. There's also on the second and fourth Tuesdays, a Zoom Bible study that goes a little bit deeper into whatever the message was on Sunday so that you can do some deeper study on that and go back over your notes and have an opportunity to ask any questions that you have. And coming up this Saturday is Lift Men's. So Men's is coming Saturday. Um, Breakfast Bible and Bros and Mr. Brown. Okay, so (laughs) Breakfast Bible Bros and Mr. Brown is teaching. It's all good. Got the whole thing of bees coming this Saturday, 9 a.m. Victory Hall. This Saturday, 9 a.m. Victory Hall. And you can see Cletus if you haven't been before. He loves to give dirty looks to the rest of you. It's good. Cletus's dirty looks are out of love, okay? If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, could you wave at me? We just want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Miss Heather here has a card for you. And we would love for you to fill out that card and stop by the info booth. And we have a gift that we'd like to give you to thank you for coming and being a part of us today. We love you and we're so glad that you're here. All right. Very good. I think Maxine, do you have your daughter with you today? All right. Hey, she's from Texas, Oregon. Okay. All right. Even better. All right. Well, praise God. We're glad to have them with us too. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. You're like, well, what in the world's that? We're about to find out what that's all about. Amen. Uh, if you need an envelope for your tithes and your offerings, raise your hand. Now, at the end of the service, we'll be doing an offering uh, for uh, Reverend Ray and his ministry. And so we're going to do that at the end of the service. Uh, but right now, this is your regular church tithes and offerings. Uh, we're going to open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Amen. Hey, we're going to need a little more excitement than that today. I said it's 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting there. Amen. 2 Corinthians 8. And if you look here in uh, chapter 8 and 9, you'll see the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's a lot about giving, and they're receiving an offering for the church in Jerusalem because uh, they were in a bad financial state. So all the other churches were uh, chipping in and, and doing their part to help uh, their fellow Christians, to help their fellow church out. But I love this. This has always been really interesting to me. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, Paul says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches of Macedonia. He said they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. And so you think, well, they're being tested and they're poor. You, you know, there's no way they could participate in the offering, but no, it says, but they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. What? These people, it was in their heart. Amen. And so even though they were going through a bad time, it overflowed in a rich generosity in their lives. He said, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. Now here's this verse that just gets me. It's it's this verse four. It says, they begged us. 
They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift. It was an offering for the believers in Jerusalem. So here we have some people that clearly are not rich people at all, but they begged. They're like, no, let us participate in the offering. Don't count us out. Don't overlook us. It is a privilege to be a giver. Can we get an amen today? Yeah. In fact, Acts 20 verse 35 says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And these guys right here could have been like, no, we need to receive. We need someone to help us out. But they said, don't you dare take up an offering and and exclude us from the offering. We want in on this thing. (laughs) And so I love that attitude. They said it's a privilege and they begged to be able to give. And to kind of sum it all up, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, very next chapter. Paul said it this way, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That, that's no reason to, you don't give because you feel guilty. That's not the right reason. It says it right here, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. And so as we, uh, you know, give our tithes and our offerings today, that's the reason we say happy time. Because if, if the Bible says, hey, there's something that God loves, I'm like, I want to be in that category right there. And if he loves a cheerful giver, man, I'm going to be a cheerful giver, not someone that does it out of guilt or, or grudgingly or, well, I get it, the Bible says, so I'll do it, but... Make no mistake, I don't want to. That's not the right attitude. We do it because we love God. We want to obey Him. And we want to be cheerful givers today. Can we get an amen today? Amen. All right, let's stand up together. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We're going to get into some praise and worship. And we are excited on the edge of our seats, ready to hear from God through Reverend Bench today. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak. Speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, join us up here at the altar. Let's praise the Lord together on today. And let's worship Him. And give Him all the praise. And let's focus on Jesus. I give you my attention, all my focus, pushing off the limits in this moment. I feel your spirit moving all around me. Come and have your way. I'm looking at these dry bones, you're reviving. This faith inside of my soul, you're igniting. You're calling me to levels that are higher. I can see your face. Everything else fades when I look your way. Everything else fades when I look your way. Everything 
I will believe it. Let's sing this. Cause you make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. And I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. That you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. Sing, I'm standing on your word. I am standing on your word. You will fight my enemy And this will end in victory I will believe it I will believe it Let's sing it out Cause you make mountains move And you make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt you were faithful then you'll be faithful now let's sing more time I'm standing on your word standing on your word calling heaven down to earth you will fight my enemies this will end in victory I will believe it yes I will believe it you make mountains move you make giants fall you use songs of praise to shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt you were faithful then you'll be faithful you were faithful you were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh, yes, I sing it out because you make mountains move and you make giants fall and you use songs of praise to shake prison walls i will speak to my fear i will preach to my doubt 
Well, we know, as we said, it's the kickoff to summer, but it's the kickoff to some incredible things in your life today as you receive the word of God. And so I encourage us, we were just, uh, as we were exhorting there, to have a soft heart to receive God's word. Jesus told this story about the, the farmer scattering seed, and some of it landed on some rocky soil, and nothing good could happen there. Some of it landed amongst some thorns, and, 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 and it couldn't grow anything. Some landed amongst the weeds, and it just choked it out, but some of the seed landed on soft soil, and it sank right in, and it said it produced a crop back up that was 30, 60, and sometimes even a 100 times as much has been planted in there. And so you're going to have the Word of God sown into your life today. Jesus said that the seed is the Word. And so as you receive the Word from Reverend Bench this morning, have a soft heart ready to receive, and the Lord is going to do something really great in your life. Who's ready to receive from God today? Amen. 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 All right. Well, I'm going to have Ray and Janine, if they could come on up this morning. We want to introduce them. Let's hear it for Ray and Janine Bench. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. We are excited for these guys. Some of our best friends in the whole world. Amen. All right. Well, Ray, anything that uh, you want, anything, do you want to say anything, Janine, before, uh, before we let Ray take over? <laughs> Well, a very warm good morning to everybody. I know you're going to hear from Ray. Um, I just wanted to let you know I love coming here. You are a very, very unique people living in a very unique area from the uh, to drive straight, 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 straight and see nothing but sand. You've been called to this area for this time. And I am hearing such lovely things about what God is doing in your community and what's coming and how you are preparing to meet all those new people coming in. We're calling them into this church, right? I, I had a lovely time with the ladies yesterday, the teachers. Um, it was a very short meeting. We met from nine until noon, but I didn't leave until four. You are very, very hungry, and I'm telling you, they drew everything out of me. So today, Ray is going to preach this morning. <laughs> Bless you guys. All right, everybody. Well, most of you know Ray. He's been coming uh, and ministering to us for nearly 15 years, just about every single year, and he is one of our favorite people in the world. So I'm going to turn it over to him. Let's hear it one more time for our man, Ray Bench. All right. Love you, Pastor. Amen. Praise God, everybody. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Am I on? We're good? Hallelujah. Give Pastor and Miss Katie a good hand clap. It's good to have good pastors in the house. Amen. And um, I want to do a special thank you for the worship team. Where's all the worship team leaders? Give, give them a good hand clap. Hallelujah. Praise God. Your lead singer comes up missing and there's a bulge in my suitcase. You know, I took her with me. Praise God. Amen. If you think this praise and worship is everywhere, you are sorely mistaken. Amen. Let's just raise our hands and praise him just for a minute. Is that right? Lord, we just take a minute right now. This is our time with our Heavenly Father. The busyness of the day, the schedule, the bills, the people, 
I just set them all to the side for right now. Thank you, Jesus, for coming in this house. Thank you for visiting us in 2023. Lord, I pray for this city. I pray for this people that you'll visit us today and you'll walk the roads of this house the way you have so many times. Touch us. While we're here, Lord, worshiping and studying, would you go to our homes and fix some things? Would you rearrange some things? Lord, would you reach into our future and to our tomorrows and set up miracles for us, blessings for us, help for us? Lord Jesus, do what you do and make all of life beautiful the only the way that only you can. Lord, as we open your word today, open the eyes for understanding that we might see what you have spoken in these scriptures. Help us to understand these truths and to know your word like never before. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. We'll give the Lord one more good hand clap, would you please? Turn with me in your Bible to uh, Genesis chapter 28. We'll get started with the scriptures. Amen. I'm going to come down and preach. I'm already tall enough. You know, you lift me up this high and almost hit my head on the ceiling fans. Hallelujah. So, thank God. I haven't had that in America in the Philippines one time. I got pretty close. Almost got butchered. So, of course, you know, in the Philippines, I can't get lost in the Philippines because I'm 6'4 and they're less than that. Let's just go with that. So no matter where I am, you can find me in the Philippines. Hallelujah. I always tease them over there. I don't know why the driver's license is asked for hair and eye color because everybody's brown hair with brown eyes. The whole nation. So praise God. Amen. Um, I brought some CDs. If you're a Bible student and you like some good theology, I would like to introduce you to a teaching that's called propitiation that a lot of people have not studied. But if there was one doctrine that I've studied that brought the Bible alive, it was propitiation. Amen. Thank you very much, brother. I appreciate that. You didn't even spill the water. Look at that. You're pretty good. Amen. Take, wow. Okay. If there's two bulges in my suitcase, then you'll know people are missing, but I like them. Praise the Lord. That's good. But propitiation is a word and it's not taught often, but what it deals with is this. When, when your sins were forgiven, it wasn't like God just erased your guilt. He took that. I'll just show this to you just because, you know, try, try to be a blessing to people. He took that guilt and he laid it on Jesus Christ. When the lepers were healed in the Old Testament, if you study in, in the, your New Testament, Jesus healed the lepers. He says, go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice of Moses. Well, the sacrifice of Moses was they would take two doves, they'd kill one, put its blood and sprinkle it on the other one, and then let the other one go free that had the blood sprinkled on it. Propitiation is Jesus Christ is the dove who didn't get to leave. He stayed back and died so you could get let go. In order for that leprosy to be removed, in order for that sin to be taken away, right, that, that not that all disease is sin, but in order for that cleansing to take place, Somebody had to pay for the wrong that was done. If I break into your house and steal all your stuff and I go before the judge and he lets me go, he says, we're just going to forgive you. That's good, but what about you? What about the loss you suffered because of the damage I did? It wasn't when you were forgiven, it wasn't like God just let it all go. It was only because Jesus stepped up and he said, I'll pay for what Ray Bench did wrong. 
He won't have to go to hell. He won't have to be beaten and tortured. I'll pay for it. Make sense to you? So it's a great study. It's one of the, to me, it's one of the great doctrines of the, of the Bible, and a lot of people don't understand it. That's why you can hear phrases today, well, God's not mad. Well, that's interesting because the same John that has John 3.16, for God so loved the whole world, go on down, it says, and here then in are the children of wrath. Why are there children of wrath if God's not mad? There are, there is a wrath to come. Read the book of Revelations. God is not happy with everything. It's just that Jesus pays for that wrath in his crucifixion at Calvary's cross. Say, what does that mean? That means don't waste it. Don't waste that sacrifice. Don't live a life like it doesn't matter after it cost Jesus his very life on the cross. Can you say amen? And then I, I have one here. I just call it a strong east wind. When the, when the children of Israel were escaping from Pharaoh, they were there at the Red Sea, and they were pinned down. Pharaoh's coming. They can't get out of there. And God sent a strong east wind all night long to take that, that sea out of their way and give them an avenue of escape. So I just took some testimonies of different times Ray Bench has been pinned down. You ever been pinned down in life? And different times, God sent a strong east wind and delivered me during the night and made a way for me to get out. Amen. So those are there for you. And then I have one. I call it Seizing Spiritual Opportunities. I tell some redneck stories. I love rednecks. If you don't, I'm sorry about your luck. Amen. I'll just bless you. You probably already have these, Desiree. But in case you don't, you can sell them for double the price. Praise the Lord. There's my Bible. Genesis. Did you find it yet? First house on the block, easy to find. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. So we're going to start here about Jacob. Jacob has a brother named Esau. Esau wants to kill him. He may not have a family quite that extreme, but you may know somebody. Hallelujah. We're not having a show of hands today if you do. Praise God. But Jacob's brother Esau is so mad at him, he's ready to kill him. So Jacob leaves, and he's going to stay with one of his uncles by the name of Laban. Now, he doesn't know Laban. He's never met Laban. Laban is not a nice man. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but he's going to go to work for Laban. And this is the story as he begins to make his, trans his transition from where he lives to where Laban is. You have to remember, in case you don't know this, there is no Internet. He can't text. He can't go on Google Maps. He can't look this place up. He's just kind of walking by faith, literally, that he's on the right path. And here in verse 10, we'll pick up the story says, and now Jacob went out from Beersheba and he went to Haran. So he came to a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and he put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up upon the earth and its top reached heaven. And there the angels of God say angels. That's a pretty good place to take a nap. Hallelujah. There the angels of heaven were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. So this, this is quite a dream. He's got angels and he's got God himself. Amen. And there, and sorry, verse 13, and the Lord said, behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of Abram, your father, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to your descendants. And also to your descendants, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, 
And you shall spread abroad to the east and to the west and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's quite a promise to a young man, especially a young man who's not even married yet. Let's keep going. Behold, I am with you, 15, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Uh, I could preach on that statement right there all month long. There's a lot of people who come into the house of God and don't realize God's here. Amen? Yes, God doesn't dwell in tents or you know, or buildings, God dwells with man. But at the same time, when we all come together, the presence of the Lord is here. Can you say amen? amen. Says this, it says, um, Jacob arose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put at his head and he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil upon it, on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place previously had been called Luz. Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, And God will keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I may come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth back to you. We would call that tithing to this day. His father, Abram, does a similar thing, correct? Now, We have modern day, you know, this being Memorial Day, it's a good day to just kind of mention this and we're not going to preach on it necessarily. But God, God did different times would tell people throughout the scriptures to set up a a pillar of stones. When they left the, when they came through the Jordan River, they were to take 12 stones, one from each of the tribes and make a, a monument or a marker. The Bible says why? So that when different generations came by in times, in times to come, that they would see that, that pillar and they would remember what the Lord had done there. Now we have monuments and different things, but the idea is the same. Amen? To remember what God has done for us. Today being Memorial Day is to remember the fallen, the people who didn't go home to their wives and family so that we can. I, I thank God for our military. I thank God for the for the law enforcement that keep peace in our nation. Can you say amen? amen. It's terrible that, the, that there's wars. It would be worse if they were in our streets. Thank God they're in foreign lands. Can you say amen? amen? But this verse, what happens is Jacob is going and God visits him and he says, I'm going to go with you wherever you go. And he goes to Laban. Now, Laban is what I would consider a difficult man. Can we say jerk? Is that all right to say in Barstow? (laughs) Laban's a jerk. Jacob falls in love with one of Laban's daughters named Rachel, and he goes to marry her. You know, they had a veil a lot more severe than we would have today. And when Jacob wakes up in the morning, he has married the wrong daughter. Laban switches out Rachel and puts Leah in there, and he wakes up with the wrong wife. Now, I've had some people rip me off. I ain't never had anybody swap me the wrong woman. Thank God. I saw somebody, they put a post out and said, never be afraid to ask out the prettiest girl in the room. I said, brother, you're 35 years too late. I already did. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Found the prettiest one, married her, and that's it. Amen. But um, it, here the, in this story, things go on. Let's go now to kind of the end of the story in chapter 32. And we'll pick it up here in, in verse uh, 10. Because what happens over the course of time, say time, everything in God is not immediate. Some things can take a little time. Some of the best miracles won't happen by tomorrow morning. They take time. You have to be consistent in the things of God. Amen. Over the course of time, Jacob goes to work for Laban. Laban has, he, he stays, he, he marries Leah after seven years, he, seven more years, he marries Rachel. And over the course of time, the Lord begins to bless him. And Laban, it says that he changes his pay scale 10 times. I don't know if you've ever had a boss like that. But brother, that is not a good place to work. And he changes his pay scale on him 10 different times. It gets so bad that eventually Jacob and Laban have it out. And Laban says, okay, well, I'll pay you whatever you want. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come back to work for you under this condition. You take all of the sheep and the lambs that come because he was a shepherd. He said, you take all the ones that have no markings. Those are the pure. Those are the most valuable. You keep those. I'll take all the ones that have markings on them. But what Jacob would do is as those sheep and goats would come together to mate, he would take rods or sticks and he would put them up in the, in the air and that would cast a shadow down on those sheep and those goats. And even though they had no markings on them, they would, they would mate in those shadows. And when the, when they brought forth their, their little ones, out they came with, with stripes and spots on them. And so they all went to Jacob. Well, that angered Laban because he was getting all the best. I know you've never had a boss like that. Stretch your imagination. I'm talking about somebody else. Hallelujah. So, so Laban came in and he said, well, then I want all the ones with the spots and the stripes on them. And you keep the ones that don't have any. And you know what he did? He pulled back those, all of those markers and, and all the rods and stuff. And lo and behold, all of the future ones that came, all the strong ones came back to Jacob. And God blessed Jacob. And here, over the course of time, God says to Jacob, he says, now you go back to your land and you face your brother Esau. And when you get there, I'm going to help you. So what Jacob does is he takes the family from Leah and he takes the family he has from Rachel. We don't do that in the New Testament. Don't let somebody lie to you. I don't want anybody after church telling pastor they got a revelation. You live holy, amen? God will bless you. And he takes his two families and he separates them saying, if Esau attacks one, then the other one will be able to get off. Amen. At least one will go free. And he stops when he comes back. He hits this same pillar, this marker. And he sees that and he stops. And we're going to read his prayer in verse 9. It says, then Jacob said, O God of my father Abram, God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. Verse 10. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth, say truth. It's all the truth, say truth. And of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. 
What's he saying? He said, God, when you met me, my whole wealth in life was one stick, one staff. It's not hard to keep a record of your bank account. One. Check. You either have it or you don't. Uno sticko. That's it. And then over the course of time, God began to bless him, and he stops. And he says, God, look what you've done. Even though Jacob tried, or even though Laban tried to lie to me, he tried to hurt me. He tried to rip me off. As long as I tithe, then as long as I continued in what you gave me, stay focused. You have to stay focused in the things of God. If you get distracted by all the people around you, you will lose your blessing. He stayed focused on the things of God, and as long as he did, God continued to increase him. I want to praise God today that we serve a God who can bless you independent of whether people like you or not. I want to serve. A, I, I want to thank God that the covenant is not dependent upon the integrity of your employer. Hallelujah. I want to thank God that it, when you're in a land far away and you have no friends there, God is still your friend there. Amen. I want to thank God that when people lie to you, maybe nobody lies here in Barstow. Where I'm from, some people have lied to me before. You ever meet a liar? Oh, aren't they fun? I want to thank God that God didn't make me subject to the liars in my life. That my income isn't dependent on whether or not they tell me the truth. That God has a way to go around their lies and bring me the blessing of the Almighty God. And he says, he says, here... You have shown me a great truth. Doesn't say you've given me a great, a great money, a great piece of gold. The, the gold or the increase came, but that's the symptom, not the supply. Amen. If you get a sliver in your foot or a sliver in your hand, you can, you can drain the pus, but the pus is the symptom, not the problem. You can remove all that all you want. That's not your solution. You got to get to the source of it, correct? What God was saying in, in this is he said, they can touch, they can mess with the prosperity, but it doesn't matter because the truth remains the same. The truth is, as long as that truth is in you, it will keep producing for you. If you lose it and you compromise, everything changes. But as long as you will stay with the things of God, I thank God that this, have you noticed 2023 is a little bit of a different year? Have you noticed God is still the same in 2023? You notice, I don't know, you know, in California, you got a, you got a governor. I'm in Michigan. We got a governor. Wow. I want to thank God that my prosperity is dependent upon the government of this nation whether they're for me or whether they're not, can you say amen? amen? That as long as I'll tithe, God has shown me a great truth. And that the blessing of the Lord is there. Can you say amen? amen. You know, last, um, last February, I went to the Philippines. I've been there now 17 times. They started to talk to me in the fall of the year and said, you know, we'd like to have you come to the Philippines to preach. And I said, okay, well, give me a date. And I don't know about anybody else and any other, but getting people to make a decision is, is fun. And so 
September came and went, no date. November came and, or October came and went, no date. November came and went, no date. And what happens for traveling ministries is a thing comes in November called Thanksgiving. You know what churches don't do on Thanksgiving? Have in guest speakers. So my traveling itinerary and my, and not preaching, there's no offerings coming in. And so my bank account reflected that just a little bit. Hallelujah. And then after Thanksgiving, what comes along? Christmas. Christmas came. I still don't have any date. They just said sometime we're going to want you to come. So the month of December came and went. And um, I got bills like you got bills. And I didn't have any meetings, so there's no offerings coming in. And that's all right. Just keep preaching. Believe God. It comes every year. I'm used to it. Praise the Lord. But amen. So January, early January, the first week, they decide now we want you to come to the Philippines. Well, September would have been a good time. December is not a good time. And I get in prayer and I felt like the Lord said, you need to go. Great. Now, I know all of you are God's man of faith and power, and it's just me that deals with some of these things. But every every now and then, when you look at an account, there's more zeros than numbers. That's not so fun. So I told Janine, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the Philippines. And, and um, you know, it was a early this January, we do a fast in our church. I don't know if you do a fast in this church. I decided I was going to do a pretty serious fast that year. And um, I sent out a letter and churches like yours, God bless your pastor. He sent me some money and helped me go to the Philippines. And, and I began to add it all up. And um, uh, money was coming in and it was enough for the trip. And this pastor texted me, he said, hey, you know, he said, I'm going to send you some money for the Philippines. And uh, I, I called him. I said, brother, you can do that if you want. I said, but I want to be honest with you. More than enough money has come in now for the Philippines. And um, I said, I just, my budget's met. He said, really? So well, I've got this offering. I really wanted to send it to you. I said, well, look, all my expenses are met. The only thing I haven't met right now is I don't, I'm not out preaching. So there's nothing coming in to take care of the home base while I'm gone. So I said, that would be a blessing to me. But I just, I want to be honest with you. It's no problem. And he said, Brother Ray, he said, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to not only send you this, I'm going to double it and I'm going to send it to you. And that way you have more than enough for while you're there and also for, for you know, to cover your, your home expenses while you're in the Philippines preaching. So I came in the house and I had my envelopes and I had been keeping a record like most people will do, the budget and everything. And Janine was in there and I and I told her the story. I said, look what's come in and there's more money coming to, for an offering for while I'm gone. And she looked at me, and Janine has never talked to me like this in our lives. But she looks at me, and she says, don't eat a thing. <laughs> in other words, the good news, the fast is working. The bad news is you can never eat the rest of your days. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I want to thank God that I, that I found a place of supply. Say supply. That doesn't matter about the economy. It doesn't care about the time of year. I want to thank God, say God, God. that God showed me a great truth that he would supply. He would take care of me. Can you say amen? amen. I want to thank God, say God. God. My answer wasn't going on the Internet and bawling and squalling and telling everybody, if you don't send me money, we're going down. I built my ministry on two knees and the Holy Ghost, and I still have two knees and the Holy Ghost. I'll always be okay. Can you say amen? amen? 
<coughs> What's Jacob saying here? It didn't matter what everybody else did to me. As long as I kept my focus on God, everything was okay in my life. You know, I don't know about everybody else, but every now and then I can get distracted. How about you? You know, when I was in college, my first semester, I didn't do so good. I made the dean's list, but the wrong one. Second semester was more of the same. Next year came and next year came and went, and I I, I came to school and I had a, a advanced algebra class, which I don't know how I got an advanced algebra, but whatever. And it was way on the other side of campus. Back then, it was before cell phones. Oh, I know I'm dating myself now. I know. Me and me and George Washington, we didn't have any. Hallelujah. And so. so it was the class was way across campus on the other side. It was a 930 class, walked early. It was a mile something over there. And when I got there, I had another class also way on the other side of campus at like two o'clock. Well, I didn't want to walk all the way back and then walk all the way back again. So I would just stay over there all day, get my classes and then come back in the evening. So I came back and my roommate was there who knew me from the year before. And I set my, my backpack and stuff down, you know, and, and my test scores fell out. And um, from my math class, and my roommate, Brian, he looks at me, and he says, whose tests are these? I said, those are mine. He said, um, Ray, this is an A in advanced algebra. I said, I know. And he found some of the other test scores that had come out. I got 100% on one. I was getting straight A's in advanced algebra. And he, he looked at me. He said, these are like all A's. I said, you know, Brian, it's the funniest thing, because what happened is I would stay way at the other side of campus where I couldn't talk to any of my friends and have anything else to do all day. And so I did my homework. I said, you know, it's the funniest thing. When I do my homework, I understand this stuff. You know, later on in life, the Lord brought that back to me. He said, you know, son, you've never been slow, but at times you have been distracted. And the net effect is the same. Not much gets done. Am I, am I just preaching to myself today? Or is there anybody else? You know what I found? I found it in, in life. Horses, they'll put those blinders on them. Because horses like to run with a pack. They'll run with all their buddies. Yes, it keeps the mud out of their eyes. And yes, it keeps them safe but it also keeps everything around them out of their view. And all they have is just them and whatever the jockey's telling them to do, and off they go. You can't get distracted by what everybody else is doing in your life. You have to focus, say focus, on the things of God. And that's what Jacob was trying to tell God. As long as I kept my focus on the things of God, it doesn't matter what everybody who hates me, everybody who loves me, everybody who th says this about me. Do you ever have people who make comments about you? You get distracted by all of that, and it will stop this blessing that God has set up in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Well, let's look at some New Testament verses, can we? Go with me to Matthew chapter 13. I want to I want to find if I can say it that way. Where is this ladder in the New Testament then? Matthew 13:44. Jesus speaking and he said again the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and he hid 
And for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. In other words, he considers this so valuable, he'll give up everything else he's found in life to obtain or to take hold of this. 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful, beautiful pearls. And when he had found a pearl of great price, he went and sold all, say all. He gave up everything else that he had and he went and he bought or he took care of, he got a hold of that. In the book of Revelations, we won't go there, but Jesus says, come buy of me gold and gold. He isn't talking about buy like money. You can't buy the things of the kingdom, but you, you possess them or you take them into your own by your diligence in the things of God. Your prayer life, your Bible study, your time in the house of God, you take hold of the kingdom of God. You can't pay for it. Nobody has that much money. But you can obtain it by getting close to God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, this thought in mind, go with me to Matthew chapter (coughs) 4. Jesus talking to the disciples. We'll go 418 and 19. Familiar verse. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's interesting, isn't it? Can I ask you a question? Jesus is going to be out at the seashores of Galilee preaching, is he not? That's where he does the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers, all of those verses, Matthew chapter 5. Why doesn't Jesus just say, come to the meetings and I'll make you a fisher of men? Why do they have to follow him? Why do they have to leave everything they've got in order to follow him around? Because for you to go from Simon and be changed into Peter you got to get closer to God than that. If you want God to change you and to change your life, you got to get more involved. You got to get closer. You go leave here and you go to the grocery store and you get out of your car. The door of that grocery store, though they're automatic, they don't open when you get out of your car, do they? You're close, but you're not close enough. You're you're in the neighborhood, but you got more to do. You can get out of your car and you begin to walk, walk maybe the first 10 or 15 steps, first 25 steps. You say, I don't know, that door's not opening yet. Just keep going. Just got to get closer. You get close enough and you get close enough and you get close enough. It works for everybody. That door will open up and in you go. In you go. But you got to get closer. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, Simon, to change your life, I can do it. But I'm not the issue. You're the issue. How close are you willing to get to find the things of God? When he began to row the boat through the night, when he began to go get the gold coin with the, in the fish's mouth, when he began to walk on the water, when he began to see what Jesus Christ could do, what I call the ministry of helps, when he got actively involved with helping this preacher around the seashores of Galilee, the miracles began to open up for him. And he became somebody he had never seen before. Follow me. You can't get where you want to go in God, way in the back, not getting close to the things of God. 
you have to get more involved. You have to get closer. It's okay for the others. They're not called to be an apostle of the Lamb. You want to really walk with God, and I don't mean just in the ministry. You want to really walk with God? Get closer to the center of this church. Get involved every time the doors are open. Give your life to the things of God. Get busy vacuuming. Get busy cleaning. Come take notes. Come get involved with the nursery. Come get involved with the worship team. So, Brother Ray, I don't, I don't do worship. Can you put a battery in a mic? Is that going to really rock your world? Could we send you to the store to run a few errands? Could you submit your phone number so if the church needs something, we don't have to send somebody to the store. You could pick it up on your way home from work and drop it by the church. Could you become part of God's army? To do something in the house of God? I could get there early, Pastor. I could turn the lights on. I could turn this on. I could stay late. I could lock up. I could do a security check. I could drive through here once in a while, make sure the gates are locked, and make sure everything's taken care of, Pastor. Why? What's happening? You're getting closer. You're getting closer and closer in the things of God. And the closer you get, the miracles begin to work. Can you say amen? amen. Go with me to Acts chapter 10, if you would. Acts chapter 10. Verse 1. This is after Jesus is gone and and um, Peter, James, and John are, you know, they've got the church going in Jerusalem. Verse 10. It says, And there was a certain man named Corne- in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion, he was called the of the Italian regiment. I, I don't know how they knew they were the Italian regiment. Maybe they said forget about it or something all the time. I have no idea. I can't do it cool. When I'm on the East Coast in New York, everybody does it like that. I'm like, wow, how, I never saw so many pinstripe suits in my life. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he says he was of the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to Cornelius. And and when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Talking about Memorial Day. We may, in the first part, we talked about things that will cause us to remember. Evidently, in the spirit realm, your giving causes God to remember. You didn't just put money in the offering today and heaven didn't take notice. Heaven wrote it down. Heaven writes down when you help people. Heaven writes down when you bless people. Heaven writes down your prayers. You didn't just pray them in vain and God didn't hear your prayers. God's not like that. People might be like that. God will never treat you the way mankind has treated you. Never. Thank God for that. It says your prayers and your giving, your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. 
And when the angel spoke to him, he departed. Cornelius called the two of his household servants and, and said to a devout soldier from among them, uh, those who had waited on him continually, he explained all those things, and he sent men to Joppa. Now skip down to verse 44. This is when Peter shows up at the house. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. You mean to tell me, now I've heard of some ministries having a big internet presence, right? I've known of people going on a marketing campaign, putting commercials out, come to our meetings, come to our meetings, come to our meetings. Peter didn't build his ministry that way. Peter has angels going out telling people to have Peter in to preach. I don't know a ministry who wouldn't want to bottle that and sell it if they had an opportunity to. There's a little bit of difference between going on TV and getting in prayer in private and having Gabriel go out telling pastors to have you in to preach. Not only does he have angels going out and telling people to have him in to preach, when he shows up at that church, the Holy Spirit falls, and people who have never spoken in tongues for the first time in their lives begin to pray in tongues. He was a fisherman when Jesus met him. He smelt like fish. He caught fish. He knew fish. His brother was a fisherman his father owned a fishing business nobody in his family had angels visiting churches telling them have the fishermen in but when he began to help the preacher when he began to row the boat it's a funny looking bible school almost nobody wants to go there pastor Why was it? Why was it? Here's an Old Testament parallel for you. When Elijah was looking for Elijah, somebody to take over the prophet's ministry for him later in his life, why doesn't God select one of the students from the school of the prophets? Why doesn't he say, come to my Bible school and you can be the next prophet? Elijah's teaching it. Can't be a bad Bible school. Because sitting in class, you don't get close enough. Just taking notes, you don't get close enough. You got to start pouring some water on the prophet's head. You got to start making some campfires for the prophet. You got to come early. You got to stay late. You got to get involved. If you want what God has for you, you have to get closer than the average bear. You can't just come and go from the church and yes, it's good. And yes, it's the kingdom of God. And yes, you'll take hold of the things of God. But if you want to see the miracle working power of Jesus Christ, You got to get closer to what God's doing. Can you say amen? Amen. You got to become not just a member of the church, but a pillar of the church. You got to become somebody that, that, that pastor's looking for when he comes through the door because he knows you'll get the job done. Simon wasn't just somebody. The apostle Paul said about Timothy, he said, I have no one like minded like Timothy. Why do you think we have so many books and so many references to the man Timothy in your Bible? Because he became like a right-hand man to that apostle. Are you getting this? Brother Ray, where is the ladder of God? Where is the Bethel? The helps ministry. 
getting involved and coming around and, and giving your heart to and getting busy in the church and finding things to do in the house of God, that's where the disciples are made. That's where the Simons die and the Peters are resurrected. That's where the Sauls become the Pauls of their tomorrow. That's where the true disciples and the men and women of God are made. Can you say amen? amen. That's where ministry really, really happens. When you get busy and you become absorbed with and you take your place and stand alongside of your leadership and you become somebody you've never been before. Everybody isn't called to the fivefold ministry. You're not going to be a preacher because you come here and vacuum. But you're sure going to help somebody else preach. I mentioned the Philippines. I was telling this testimony the other day, but uh, in the Philippines, I'm sitting with a table of young men and, and uh, went out to lunch and uh, was talking to all of them. And this one young man, I was asking him about his life. And he said, you know, Brother Ray, he said, years ago, he said, I took and I wasn't in my right mind. And I threw a rock at the sign of the, of the church and I smashed it. Just lived in the neighborhood, drunk one night, not paying attention, out of his mind. You know what I'm talking about? And he said... Some time went by, and what had happened is, is that pastor, when he saw that rock and the sign and people, you know, it kind of takes the wind out of your sails on a Sunday morning to show up and the church has been smashed. And he, he said that the, the pastor, he took all of the people who gathered around, all of the ushers that were there early in the morning and such, and the pastor's wife, and he took that rock and they laid hands on it. They all gathered around and, and they prayed for whoever threw that rock. And so over the course of time, that young man say time doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen over the course of time. That young man began to attend that church and he be thought about being a member, but he said, pastor, I just want to tell you who I am. Two years ago, when you showed up and that rock was there and your sign was smashed, I'm the person who threw the rock and I want to repent. That pastor said, you come with me. And he took him upstairs to his office and there on his desk was that rock. He said, I've been praying for you every day, calling you into the kingdom of God. You see, God has a way, God has a plan, God has a purpose for your life. But you have to get involved in the church. You have to get focused in the church. Everybody here is waiting. The church is raised up. Pastors studied. People have spent the night in prayer and fasting and getting ready for you to come. But then you have to take hold of the kingdom of God. You have to make it yours, not just the church's. It has to become yours. And Jesus becomes your Lord, your Savior. Can you say amen? amen? And there I can say the same thing that Jacob said. I can say, God, you have shown me a great truth. That you took me, you took me when no one wanted me. You know, I have told this testimony many times that when I started attending Living Word Church. You know, Janine and I lived in a trailer. We didn't have 10 cents to our name. And that's the Ray Bench my pastor found. But as I got busy and as I began to help, then the, the power of God began to show up and the blessing of the Lord began to come. And I find myself today like Jacob, saying, God, you have shown me a great truth. 
uh, be in the Philippines. I have, I'm headed to Panama this fall. I have an invitation right now into Peru for next year and South Africa's calling and the different cities of this, of this nation are calling. Uh, I'll preach here in Barstow and then I'll preach with Brother Joe in New York. I'll be over there in September. How? Because God showed me a great truth that if I'll obey his will and I'll listen to his call and I'll do what he's called for me to do, they're running errands for pastor, my pastor, vacuuming cars, coming early, staying late. Everybody else was able to just come and go from the church, but I had to get there early and open things up and then stayed there through the service and close things up when things were done. And I remember one of the other ministers came to me one day and he said, Ray, are you going to ever do ministry? You're going to just stay here and help pastor. Let me tell you, Ray just stayed and helped pastor and the world began to knock on my door and good things began to come to me. Can you say amen? Amen. I haven't had an angel visit a pastor yet, but we're getting closer. We're getting closer. But when you show up and you begin to preach, And before you're done, the Holy Spirit begins to fall. That's a pretty good day. That's a pretty good day. And you see the miracle working power of God. I was coming back from Georgia, had to drive up to Cincinnati. And it's about an eight hour trip. And a friend of a friend of a friend had had a young mother that had had twins and one of them was born and their heart wasn't right. They were looking at doing a a heart transplant. And I I told the family, I said, hey, I'm going to be coming through that area. I'll just stop and I'll pray. And um, I got a report a little bit later that says the doctor's saying now they won't need a heart transplant. They believe that the little girl's heart is going to get stronger and stronger. When I met her, she had blue lips. And now she's growing and things are getting better in her life. Say, Brother Ray, how did you do that? Vacuuming running errands, doing the work of the ministry. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. And over the course of time, say time, the miracle working power of God goes to work. Most people know my testimony. I I met Janine. She came to me from South Africa. And uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful day in my life. My son Nathan now is pastor senior pilot. My daughter Kendra, her and her husband are deacons in the church. And my grandkids, all five of them, will be up front worshiping God at the altar. Listen to me. My father was a farmer. He became an airplane mechanic, but he was a simple man. It wasn't too long ago before Hilton Sutton died. You know the name, Dr. Hilton Sutton? I was in a meeting in northern Minnesota. Dr. Sutton was preaching in, a, in another church kind of about an hour or so away, and so I drove over to hear him preach when I was done. And I go into the prayer room because the pastor knew me there, and he invited me in. And he invites me in, Brother Dave, and I walk in, and I say, Hello, Dr. Sutton, how are you, sir? It's an honor to see you because he had come to our church several times. And he looks at me, and he introduces me to his, his new wife. His first wife had passed away, and Dr. Sutton remarried several years later. And he said to his new wife, he said, honey, he said, I want you to meet Ray Bench. If you see Brother Barclay today and he looks a little bit lost, that's because his right arm is here with us today. (laughs) To have a man of his caliber even know my name, 
that he would even know who I was when I came through the door. How did that happen, Brother Ray? Running errands, doing the dues of ministry. Say, what happened? God supernaturally began to put my feet exactly on the path where he wanted me to be so I could be there at the right time. Can you say amen? I'm going to close up with that and wrap up. I, I feel like I've accomplished what I have in God. I think tonight, Lord willing, we'll lay hands on some of you tonight. Pray for you. I want to encourage you. Don't get discouraged because your miracle didn't happen right now or because it didn't happen overnight. It will happen. The blessing of God will come. The answers from God do, do come to you. If, if when Jesus met Peter, if, if, if at that point, Jesus had said, their day's going to come. You're going to go to a man's house from Italy, and he's going to be a Roman soldier. Peter would have lost his ever-loving mind. But over the course of that three, three and a half years, when Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you. Jesus Christ makes you that same promise this morning. If you'll get busy, if you'll get involved, there's a man and woman of God in this house, and he can turn you into what you are called to be. Can you say amen? amen? Raise your hand. Give the Lord a good hand clap first, would you please? <laughs> Father, I thank you for every person here at High Desert. I thank you this church has a word for this city. I thank you, Lord, that this is a place of great visitation. This is a house of your presence. The drug addict can come here and find freedom and deliverance. The marriages that are just, just disintegrated by life can be, can, can be brought to peace and understanding. There's love here. There's joy here. There's blessing here. Where your word is, Lord, there is great supply. Psalms 133 says, There the Lord commanded his blessing life forevermore here at high desert i thank you that there here you command your blessing and there is life for us here we give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a good hand clap, everybody, would you? Thank you, Pastor, for your time. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I was so glad uh, for Ray to come in. And he's going to, there's going to be more tonight, I can promise you that. But he's really on to something right there for us that, uh, you know, it's, it's great to come and receive from God and hear the word of God and praise and, and, you know, uh, and just have the Lord give you, uh, some, some good feelings and motivations. But, you know, when you're going to go to the next level of growth spiritually, listen, it, it happens when you begin to serve in the house of the Lord. And, uh, and, you know, that's, I'm going to, Ray's going to share more tonight, but I'm just encouraging you with that, that, uh, there comes a point in time where you don't just come and receive and, and, you know, uh, let everyone else bless you, but you start to contribute and, uh, you take part in blessing everybody else. And I know we haven't talked a whole lot about that. Um, and, and we will more, but, but a lot of you are like, well, you know, I, 
I just wonder what the next thing is, the next missing piece of the puzzle, the next, uh, the next step in my growth spiritually. And for a lot of you, it would be to start to serve in the house of the Lord. And there's just something to that, that, uh, uh, brother Ray is an expert on this topic. Honestly, he's, uh, he's an expert on it. And I love, uh, I love what he pulled out of the word of God for us today. So I'm planting that seed in your heart and in your mind today. And if the Lord's been dealing with you uh, regarding maybe starting to serve, maybe starting to help out, you know, Willie George said that a church isn't your home until you help out with the chores. And I, and I believe there's a lot of truth to that. Amen. And so uh, I'm just, as pastor, I'm just throwing that out there to you that start to listen to the Lord on that. And there are plenty of ways to do it. And is it because, well, they just need help. They just want, you know, more people to do stuff. No, no, no. When you serve in the house of the Lord, listen, there is a blessing that comes upon your life. Amen. God's work's going to get done. We know that much. It always has, but there's something in it for you when you will sacrifice some of your time, some of your comfort, some of what you wanted. There's a blessing in the sacrifice and God can start doing some things that he, he wanted to do this whole time. And maybe you're like, man, I've been praying on this. I've been doing this. You know, I've been reading more Bible, but I just can't break through this. Well, maybe the next step to your breakthrough is putting your hand to something in the house of the Lord so God can really break through that wall and do something that he has wanted to do for a very long time. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you receive that today? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. I'm going to have our, our prayer team come on up. And I know a lot of you are thinking, well, man, I wanted Brother Ray to, to, to pray for me. Well, listen, uh, I want you to come back tonight because, uh, you know, uh, Brother Hagen always did it this way. He would preach uh, for several days before he'd start laying hands on people. And that was uh, to get some faith built. We're going to do um, our time of prayer. I don't want you to leave right now, please. Um, we're going to receive our offering in just a couple of minutes for Brother Ray. But I want to, while we're still fresh in the, in the anointing right here, I want to uh, make an opportunity for prayer for you. So if you could, please don't leave just yet. Uh, we're going to pray for some people, and then we're going to receive an offering for Brother Ray. And I'm telling you, it's well worth it uh, to be able to give into the man of God today. Amen. If you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, uh, for your marriage, for your kids, for your health, for your finances, whatever it is. We've got a team of people right here uh, that would love to be in agreement with you today. And if you're like, hey, I'm good right now, let's just worship the Lord for a few minutes this morning. Uh, Pastor Josh, go ahead and lead us in some worship. If you need prayer, come on up. I am standing on your word. Calling heaven down to earth You will fight my enemies And this will end in victory And I will believe it Yes, I will believe it Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall you use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. 
I am standing on your word Calling heaven down to earth You will fight my enemies This will end in victory And I will believe it Yes, I will believe it Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know Never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now Yes, you were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know 
you never fail. Oh, yes, I know that I know you never will. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. Yes, you make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You make mountains move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear, I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. Cause you make mountains move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear, I will preach to my doubt, you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. You were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, you guys can be seated again for just a minute here today. Amen. Hey, we're still getting out, getting you out of here at a great time. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Well, listen, we're going to go ahead, as I said earlier, we're going to receive our offering uh, for for Brother Ray and his ministry right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like the, the people we read about in 2 Corinthians 8, man. I don't want to miss a good opportunity to get involved with a good ministry. I don't want to miss an opportunity to be a giver. And so, you know, we did our regular church tithes earlier, but uh, we're going to do an offering for Ray Bench and the 
ministry right now. And so if you need an envelope, please raise your hand uh, this morning. And if you're giving online, go to hdwc.org slash giving. And there's a tab right there that says guest speaker. If you select the guest speaker tab, uh, that'll, uh, we'll direct that over there. But I'm excited for the things the Lord's doing in him. I mean, really uh, internationally traveling um, at this point and all over the United States. And uh, I just want to be a part of that. Amen. So I encourage everybody here, let's be a part of this and let's be like uh, the Christians we saw there in Second Corinthians 8. They're like, hey, give us a chance. Don't do not take up that offering and exclude us out of it. We want to get a part of that. We want a piece of that right there. Amen. And so again, if you need an envelope, if you're doing a check, you can just make it out to HDWC and then we'll give one total check to, to him and his ministry. That'll make it a lot easier that way. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, six o'clock tonight, we're going to come back out and we're going to let him finish up anything that didn't get finished this morning. And, uh, and we're going to lay hands on some people. And I believe that it's going to be an incredible evening, uh, with the power of God and the faith is going to be there to receive. And so six o'clock tonight, do not miss it. It's going to be absolutely great. Amen. All right. Did everybody get a chance to grab an envelope there and, and fill it out for what you wanted to do? Praise God. All right. Well, we're going to pray over this. And uh, then after that, what I'm going to do is our Barstow Faith Confession. You can bring your uh, offering up and be dismissed at that point. Does that sound good? Sound like a good game plan? All right. Amen. Let's stand up together. Amen. You're like, well, hey, we just sat down. I know, dude. You're getting your squats in. Quit complaining. My gosh. We're trying to help you out. Summer's here. You want that beach bod, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kidding. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We're, yeah, we're the weird church. We've established that. All right. We say really dumb things sometimes. All right. Uh, let's pray. Barstow Faith Confession. And then you can uh, bring up your uh, offering and go grab the kids. Somebody left a T-Mobile phone in the men's restroom. I was told to announce that. If you lost your phone, I'm just going to set it here. If it's not yours, don't take it. God sees what's going on. Amen. He'll know. And it's highly trackable. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen and the word of God today. And Lord, just like Peter, when he got involved in the ministry, just like when he actually followed Jesus and took a part in that ministry, Lord, you began to do supernatural things in his life, Lord. You began to do things that he, he could have only dreamed of. And Lord, we know you've got a calling on each person here uh, to, to, to use the gifts and the calling uh, that you've placed upon their life. And Lord, I pray that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only because we do not want to deceive ourselves. We thank you, Jesus, that you are blessing each person here today for hearing the word, but Lord, doing the word. We thank you for it. Use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? All right, Barstow Faith Confession, then we can bring our offering up, then you can go get your kids. How's that sound? All right, let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And Hey, he's got a, a table back there with some CDs and stuff, so please go check that out. Love you guys. See you tonight.